everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we'll be diving into The Crown Season 4, Episode 7, entitled The Hereditary Principle. There's a ton of really dark stuff in here to break down, but um, as we know, The Crown has never really shied away from some of the warts of the royal family, so we won't either. Helping me to make sense of it all, as always, are my two co-hosts. First, a man who recently visited Buckingham Palace, the mothership. It is Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, please let us know, what did you learn? How was your trip? Highlights, lowlights. Tell us, how was the Buckingham Palace? Uh, Fagan was right. It was a little shabby. Like, it could use a bit of a spruce up. Wow. What was your your favorite part of it? Um uh we okay, uh in all seriousness, uh we got to see the uh kind of like banquet hall and ballrooms where they entertain a lot of like, you know, uh state guests and foreign uh dignitaries. So, uh I think uh yeah, in terms of the stuff that we saw that is kind of familiar to our viewing experience of the crown, like uh that that was a big one. Like you could just picture a, you know, drugged up Kennedy in there. Um, and what's the deal? Is it an audio tour? Does someone take you around? Uh, it, it was an audio tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least. Yeah. As far as I can recall. Um, although the, the very next day I went to Westminster Abbey, which I think was actually like a lot more interesting because you had, uh, you know, royals and famous uh, Brits from Know, spanning centuries upon centuries buried there um and that audio tour like i mean I, first of all let me just say i don't usually love audio tours like i'm i have a very short attention span and i i tend to just kind of like uh, speed through any kind of museum or viewing experience but the audio tour for westminster abbey was narrated by jeremy irons <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and as soon as i heard his voice i was like hot damn this is gonna be good is Jeremy Irons a sir? Is he a sir, Jeremy Irons, or no? Uh, I've never known him to be, because I feel like he's he's been in the zeitgeist a lot in recent years, especially with, like, Watchmen, and I, I don't recall him ever being uh, uh, addressed as sir. Good for him. You know, he he's not a knight, but he gets that Westminster Abbey <laughs> audio tour credit. Yeah. I think Jeremy Irons, like as far as I can tell from a lot of interviews and stuff, he seems very like anti-establishment. Like he he is not one to shy away from uh, uh, you know the warts of many things, including I imagine the royal family. But but not enough to not want to participate in the Westminster Abbey narration experience. <laughs> I guess. Yes. All right. Also back with us today, a woman who I just learned might have the fanciest dentist around. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, please tell us how you watched this episode and if uh, I can maybe get in contact with your dentist. <laughs> okay, so basically I moved out to a different town and my grandparents were like, go to this dentist, you don't have dental insurance, pay for it. And I was like, okay, whatever you say. And so they took me to like the most fancy dentist I've ever seen. What what they do is they give you noise canceling headphones and they have like a, a iPad that like, you can kind of manipulate so it is positioned above you. So while they're doing the cleanings, you put on Netflix and you just watch like a show while they're doing the cleaning and you can't really hear the dental equipment because of the headphones. And so I was like, okay, 50 minutes, I'll watch The Crown. And I think I've been doing that like the last three times I've gone. 
over the past like year or so. It you, works. You, you I, wait, I, you, you've you've watched The Crown the last three times you've went. Yeah, I think we've been <laughs> specifically doing this The Crown. Yeah, I, it's oh. a way to get things done on my to do list. It's like watch Crown and go to dentist. I feel like that was a very key piece of information that we were probably missing when we discussed those episodes. Like you, you yeah. really should have like, it, it, you really should have prefaced with like, okay, so I saw this episode like lying down in my <laughs> dentist's office while, uh, you know, a boom box was blasting of monsters and men in the background. I, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that might be relevant. I think I watched an episode of dark there once I did do that too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that was a good time. But yeah, that's how I watched this episode. Then I had to rewatch it later to take notes. I'm confused how the I'm confused how the iPad doesn't get in the way of it's what like, they do. It's on like a crane kind of thing, and so then you can adjust it. So like the dental assistant will make sure it's not in their way. I don't know. It works. <laughs> and 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 these appointments were they just like routine cleanings? Yeah. You weren't getting a crown watching the crown. No. Uh... <laughs> no. Alas, I don't know if they would have you watch it. Maybe they would. I don't know. While you're drugged, that might be an experience. But no, I mean, were you, um, yeah, so like routine cleanings, you were there for 20 to 30 minutes? No, like 50? How long are your cleanings? Whoa, you mu you must have been doing some deep cleans. I, I feel like mine are usually 30 minutes. Sam? Oh, I'm used to them being like 40 or like an hour. I don't know. I, I feel like mine, it's like the cleaning itself is maybe 30 minutes, but you wait around for at least another 30 minutes while you know, alone in the room. Interesting. I mean, I think I got to like the 30, I think I got to like the 40-ish minute mark. I didn't get to finish the whole episode, but in this case it was shorter, so it didn't feel like I missed, like I just had to rewatch that. Do both of you have especially bad teeth? Cause like, I feel like they, they must be doing some kind of deep cleans on you. I have not been told that. They try to do some deep cleans on me, but I'm afraid because I've heard that it's not a fun experience when they pull out the laser thing. The laser thing. The laser yeah, the laser thing. thing. There's like a laser thing for like if you if there's like stuff in your gums where they can like laser out the bacteria, but apparently it smells really bad. I, yeah, this isn't this is okay. <laughs> well, maybe if I could watch The Crown, I would do it, but that's not it. That's not an available option at my dentist office. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll come back to this topic later. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. As always, uh, before we get things kicked off, if you came here for any sort of like factual clarity about the royal family, uh, we don't know. So, you know, we don't have that much information about these cousins. I actually didn't know about this story. Uh, my wife said that she did know about this story. So that's how much we know. But we're just going to, you know, go off what we saw in the episode, assume that it's all correct and kind of go from there. And with that, Carlin, could you give us a quick recap of The Crown Season 4, Episode 7, The Hereditary Principle? Okay, things may be out of order because I kind of processed this all very weirdly, but we have the Margaret episode. They're giving Helena Bonham Carter her time because, you know, they haven't really done that yet. So we come back to Margaret, who at this point is in her 50s, I believe, and she is still single and having a good time. She has a new friend named Dazzle. You know, Dazzle has all the gossip, but what happens is right away, Dazzle decides to stop their affair or whatever they were doing. It's assumed they were having some kind of relationship. And so Margaret is <laughs> going, going to complain to Elizabeth being like, oh, I, I lost another one. I just have such bad luck with men. And Elizabeth is like, are you a and also because Dazzle is going to the priesthood. 
And Elizabeth was like, you do know he's gay, right? And she was like, what? So she she's now attracting <laughs> like really far off the mark kind of men. And in that meeting also, she starts coughing up blood, which is very reminiscent of what happened to Birdie. So she goes in for a, I think they called it like a, I forgot the word. It was like a <laughs> checking things out kind of surgery. It was like an investigative surgery. That's it. It was an investigative surgery, but like they clearly removed something. So she at this point is now recovering and it's Edward's 21st birthday. And so what that coincides with is Margaret asked Elizabeth once again, like she always does every, uh, every season, can I have more work? And Elizabeth is kind of hesitant about it. And then like, it seems like a, some amount of time passes and she uh, brings in the reinforcements who have to tell her that, um, Sorry, there's a law that says that Edward is now a senior royal and Margaret has been bumped. So now she is missing some of her lungs. She has no boyfriends and she cannot do royal duties, which she considers part of her identity and helps sort of keep her sane. So she's uh, she's having a bad time. And while in the Bahamas at her friend Anne's place, which we can remember from previous seasons, I believe going back to season three is probably the first time we saw it. And Charles comes out and he's like, you know, I've been having a bad time too. And I went to therapy. And so Margaret is like, okay, guess I'll try this therapy thing. So she goes to the therapist's office. She's very upset that she has to actually go to the office because she is a royal. And she gets to the office and the and the office ladies are like, uh, do you have any <laughs> history with mental illness? And they make reference to these members of the family that... I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they alluding to these cousins. That I don't know if Margaret figures that out. Somehow it becomes, <laughs> she realizes that they mean these cousins from the bull's lion side, Nerissa and Catherine. And as far as Margaret was always had always known, they were declared dead a long time ago. So she goes to Liz, be like, what's the deal with this? And Elizabeth's like, no, we have records. These people are dead. Here, it's in the books. But Margaret's like, nope, I don't buy it. So Margaret goes with her boy Dazzle to the this institution where where only Dazzle gets to go in. And he says, yeah, like there are these like middle-aged women who have severe developmental disabilities. Their names are Nerissa and Catherine, and they have been here for decades. And pretty much like completely forgotten about. They're aware of the fact that they're related to the royal family, but no one has come to visit them. And so then Margaret goes to confront Queen Mother about like what's going on here and queen mother is basically does her classic thing of being like this needed to happen in order to keep the crown the way it is and she says because of the abdication our whole lives changed and we had to scramble to stay like the hereditary principle which apparently means like everyone's genes are messed up but we can't let the public know that our genes are extra messed up quote unquote and margaret is horrified she like completely is just like disillusioned in this moment with like everything going on and just thinks this is awful. And then the nail, it um it's further driven in when she goes back to her therapist and asks, like, would any of these developmental disabilities have even been able to be passed on to the royal line? And she's like, No, absolutely not. Like the, these people basically did not have to be hidden away, and it was completely just this thing, this really cruel, awful thing that the royal family did and clearly don't feel remorse about and aren't going to do anything about it. 
And so Margaret is just really like crushed by all this. And she and Dazzle are talking and he's like, you can just leave. Like at this point, why are you still like dedicating your time to this family, to your family? Like they're clearly awful. And look what they do to everyone who isn't like in the core of the family. The farther you get away, the more you're treated like trash. And Margaret lashes out at him, tells him to like never come back. And so we're sort of left with Margaret in this place of like, almost knowing too much and sort of ambiguous about where she's going to go next. But it's clearly like she isn't feeling any better. In fact, she is much worse. Yeah, this is really, I want to say this is the first time we've really seen the crown dive into kind of like eugenics. Normally, they're like, we're anointed by God. So it was weird to see this turn. But maybe this is them catching up to the modern age. They're a season behind Philip and his meetings with just the, the priests that he's set up. Uh, at the royal palace their first time diving into eugenics but probably not the last probably not no (laughs) um that feels a little bit heavy I, i think we should start with margaret because this is really kind of the first time we've seen margaret this season which is a crime because it's episode seven um so we've waited almost three quarters of the season to get a big margaret episode uh helena bottom carter great uh, Margaret, not so great. Margaret definitely having a tough time. And it's so hard to watch her because it's like doing the same thing over and over again is the definition of insanity. She keeps, she always, she like, since she's been, since the start of the show, she was like 20 years old. She's been asking Liz for things. And Queen Elizabeth is always like, well, my hands are tied. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> and Margaret just keeps trying. It's so hard to watch. It's so sad. Yeah. I mean, it must, it's kind of one of the more, it feels like the most realistic depictions of like the site. Like you can see her psychological damage so clearly. Like, oh, it's heartbreaking. Like, and then there we go to scenes where like Liz and her just seem to be like playing nice again. And you're like, oh my God, like the amount of resentment you must have like built up. And we can see that obviously like throughout this episode, but like, I don't know, just the unsaid years of what you know of her just being like, I guess I'll try again. Maybe she won't disappoint me this time. She's older now and uh, just always disappointed. Yeah, when we were watching the episode, my wife and I, uh, you know, the scene where she is about to ask Liz uh, for more work, but before she even said anything, just based off of body language alone, my wife was like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah, I think I didn't even I didn't realize they they say at one point Margaret is is smoking 60 cigarettes per day. I, how is well, she alive? I, I guess that that's <laughs> crazy. Um, how many is that per hour? That's like I mean, say you're awake sixteen hours a day. That's at least <laughs> three to four per hour. That's insane. Yeah, I, that just Margaret. means that she's per- perennially smoking like all day long. I'm confused why she can't get more work. Like they quote this law from 1937, which not that long ago, right? Because it's like 1987, maybe. So this is maybe 50 years ago. And they're like, well, as of this law 50 years ago, only six people can get more responsibility. And you are not one of those six people. It feels like not a huge lift to add more people to that list of responsibility. I don't get why this is such a big deal. It, it also, like, like this list changed as a result of Edward turning 21, which seems like a very arbitrary age and, and not really aligned with any other, like, British coming-of-age milestones, right? 
Yeah, because... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like in the UK, you're quote-unquote an adult earlier than in the US, but they can drink at 18. They're done with school at, what, 16? Like, they start going to college at 16. So 21 did feel a little arbitrary to me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just And also, also, is there like an opt-out system? Like, what if you don't want these responsibilities? Like, has... Are are we really to believe that like both Andrew and Edward are like yeah love love this stuff? Well, I guess it's just their duty. I don't know. Edward likes power. I believe that Edward would like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, wait, but like, who are the six senior royals at this point? But I want to figure out. So we got Charles, uh, and then uh, yeah, it's got to be the four children. And, yeah, okay. the four children. Um, Philip. I mean Philip, is Philip right? A, yeah. Is Philip a senior royal? Is he? Yeah, right. Philip, and then, uh, and then is Queen Mother? Is Diana one? Oh, that's a good yeah. question. Oh yeah, with yeah, probably Diana, right? All right, there's your six. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah, I mean we didn't see Diana in this episode, but we get some resentment. Oh, she was there. She was in the background. Oh, she was, uh, she was in the birthday. background. She's there, yeah. but we get for the, we get like Margaret's perspective on Diana, and uh, she's also a little bit jealous. Of all the attention that Diana gets. They all hate her. They all it's hate like her. It's a mean girls club. <laughs> it really is. Um, Margaret has been to therapy once before. I don't think we saw that. Did we? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But she didn't like it. But Charles, we learn, does go to a therapist. And he says, uh, Aunt Margaret, you should go to therapy. And she does. But she makes a big deal out of it. She's not happy that the therapist won't come to her that she has to go to the therapist. And it must be hard going to a therapist as someone who whose life is so public. And it must feel weird that they know more about your life than you do. Like, I don't know that I've ever had, like, talked to somebody whose therapist off the bat already knows more about their life than them. Well, that was weird. Like, yeah, the idea that, like, oh, you just know about my family that I don't. Like, what? But hold on, hold on. That something about that didn't smell right, because like, oh yeah, no. Yeah. How how did this therapist come to know this like hidden away like you know a branch of the family tree? I mean, like that's not something. Like, I mean, what is there just a coalition of like uh, medical professionals that anytime they have to treat any member of the royal family, they all come together and exchange notes and information? Like, I was very uh, confused about how she came upon that information. Oh, man, this is where I'd be like, ah, the writers made it up. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the only explanation would be if she just happened to have a connection to whoever works at the facility. But why would she? I don't know. You can know people. Yeah, maybe it's just one of those things that like at doctor's conventions, they gossip about. You know, they're like, did you know that? Yeah, that <laughs> doctors fa famous for their gossipy nature. I mean, it's like, honestly, therapists are like that, so... <laughs> the idea of all these psychiatrists yeah like them yeah that checks out but we see them kind of like sprinkled in these uh you know cousins of theirs their first cousins Catherine and uh narissa kind of throughout the episode and we don't really we get kind of like hints of who they are throughout the episode because we see them watching tv we see them saluting when uh god save the queen is playing but you know we didn't really fully know who they were until kind of this happened um, I'm curious if either of you had heard of this before we watched the episode. Uh, no, I had no knowledge. I of had it. not. Yeah, no, I hadn't heard of it. I had watched this episode before Elizabeth died. They started talking about it more then. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what I would have gotten the second time of hearing about it. I was a little bit like when this first happened and Margaret kind of like uncovers the the fact that these members of her family are not in fact dead, as the book says, and the book, of course, never lies, but they're very much alive. I was surprised that like this wasn't kind of like the thing that would like, you know, fill her kind of like void that she had. Like she never went in and met them to the best of our knowledge. Like uh, she just she was mad about it, but she didn't really do anything. She ended up just kind of like accepting it and being like, well, this is the way. Um, Like I thought this might become something bigger where she would try to get them out of the facility, try to do something. It was a little disappointing that she really didn't do anything with this information. It almost takes away the oomph of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, may- maybe that's like a piece of introspection that they didn't show us. Like she decided like in the end that the the reason she was going to be able to move on with her life, e- even possessing this information, was that, you know, she couldn't be bothered to actually take any action on it. Like what? Like, I mean, it, it would have been counterproductive to just go out and expose it to the world because, I mean, that wouldn't have done any wonders for her or her life either um but she wasn't gonna like you know do do the heartwarming and correct thing of like you know bringing uh, reaching out to this family either bringing them into the fold or even just providing them some you know attention and affection that they haven't received from the extended family like she just decided like yeah you know i I guess i'd be i'm a bit of a hypocrite so i'm just gonna move on about my day yeah i mean i think Mm -hmm. it's still disappointing though like I feel like there was definitely a lot of time that they still had in the episode. This, I feel like, was one of the shorter episodes that we've had this season. It was like 50 mm-hmm. minutes. So we've seen Crown episodes go up to an hour, like a full 60. And they just didn't really, yeah, dive into it. And for Margaret, someone who is very much like, give me more work. Someone who's like, I need something to fill my day that actually feels like it has meaning. This does feel something like something that could have meaning. Um, it's kind of like right there in front of her and it doesn't really take much for her mom to be like, well, this is why we did this. And she's like, that's bad, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. It almost feels like the episode. Now I think about it, it didn't quite, all the threads didn't quite tie together in the end. I guess that takes us kind of back in time to this decision. Um, so these are cousins on queen mother's side. So they're not Windsors. They're, I didn't, I don't think I wrote down the name, but something bows clinton bows the bulls lions family yeah according to queen mother if the abdication had never happened this wouldn't have even been an issue they would have according to her you know been more kind of secluded it wouldn't have come to any of the public's attention that these members of the family existed but i guess it's up to us whether or not we buy that right like is queen mother lying like, would they have ended up there regardless? Well, th- the thing is, her logic also falls apart once you actually take a cl- closer look at the family tree and determine, like, where these genetic threads were coming from. Like, as the therapist did, she basically said, hey, you've got nothing to worry about because, like, your DNA is, like, completely unrelated to these th- distant cousins of yours. So given that that was probably, like, an easily attainable knowledge, like, I'm not even sure why that would have been a le- legitimate threat unless they just assume that the the public wouldn't be able to follow along in in the math and continue to make the the, the false assumption that you know Elizabeth and Margaret were were carrying these genes. It's so wild. Like at this point Elizabeth has grandkids who like would have already exhibited these 
genes if they had existed. Like the idea that people would be more upset about that versus like the fact that you hid these fail. It's so hard to grapple with. Well, I, I mean, but wild. but this decision was made long before the kids and the grandkids came along. Like this was like around was yeah around abdication time. So we're we're talking mid thirties, and at that point, uh, you know. I think the 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 eyes would have just been on Elizabeth and Margaret alone. Do we think that um they updated the book or no? <laughs> I think oh, I don't know. Wait, wait, hold on. That that just went over my head. What book? The, the book, book that, that says, says they're, they're dead. dead. Yeah. Oh, good question. Because they're I very clearly so. not. One of them lived until 2014 according to the card yeah. at the end. Extremely no recent. One, no one no one visited them. Really? Yeah, that's so bad. And not only not only them, it turns out there were five people, five cousins who were in this facility, not just Catherine and Nerissa. Ugh, yeah. This was perhaps the most self-aware version of Queen Mother I think that we've actually gotten in a couple seasons, if not perhaps ever. Like one thing that I thought was interesting was she says the idea of one family that just gets the crown by birthright is a very difficult thing to understand. And I agree. It, it it is. Of course, then she takes the completely wrong approach after that. But the fact that she's aware of this is a little bit reassuring, I guess. Although it was kind of weird seeing this house that she bought like three seasons ago that still just kind of looks like it's falling apart. That's the aesthetic she wants, you know. Wait, remind me where this house is again. Is it like somewhere in the Scottish Highlands or or mm-hmm. down closer to London? No, it's in I Scotland. Think Scotland. Wait, so so Margaret made her way up there just to have this what amounted to six minute conversation with her mother, and then presumably flew home. She didn't want to do it over the phone. <laughs> Big news. I thought that uh, Dazzle was a fun character. Um, he can't drive, so he rides his bike around. And then he's actually the one who meets uh, the cousins. So, I mean, it's going to be a very short run for ba- uh, for Dazzle here on um, on The Crown, but I enjoyed him in this, ep- in this episode. No, he was really fun. I like Dazzle. And we've definitely never seen him before, right? No. I, I don't think so. But yeah, I didn't Margaret know. really... Oh, wait, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I guess we knew that Elizabeth knew what gay people were, but it always surprises me when she does. So, okay, prior to this episode, had you ever heard that term friend of Dorothy before? Because that was new for me. Yeah. Uh, that was new for me, too. Have you heard of the term friend of Ellen? <laughs> oh, no. actually, that rings more of a bell. So that's like the 90s, 2000s version of friend of Dorothy, because, um, you know, like the history of um, Judy Garland in the gay community. Oh, okay. There yep. you go. Got it. So I guess that was the phrase they used. I think it's kind of fun. But I, again, I'm surprised that Elizabeth knows it. I don't think she... She just doesn't seem like she knows any gay people. She knew Tony and that was it. And she also used the phrase in such a cheerful way. Yeah, they're they're really painting Elizabeth as um an, an ally here, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, in addition to, be, uh, to being a friend of Dorothy, he's also going to become a priest so not double no for margaret there it's just funny because you just know like as he's talking about how like oh i found so much happiness in this like thing that he's doing you just know that he's so severely not happy and you're like y'all you two both need help wait you you think dazzle needs help he does not want to be in the catholic priesthood i don't buy it i mean (laughs) 
I, I, I think he came off as one of the more well-adjusted characters we've seen on this series of late. Like he seemed, he seemed, he, he seemed pretty sure of what he wanted, at least externally. Okay, where's my um crown spinoff about Dazzle? We need it. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Dazzle, but I feel like on the hierarchy of like secondary characters that could get a spinoff series, he's pretty low on the list. Who pretty would you want to put yeah. at number one? Uh, for for like one-off characters that we've encountered. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, what's his face? The, the journalist guy who, who exposed the, the, or, or kind of critiqued the family's antiquated ways. Oh, what was that guy's name? The Irish one? Was he Irish? I, I could. I don't remember. Could not. I don't think he was Irish. Okay. But you know who I'm talking about, right? I think so. I feel like that's happened a couple times. No, he, he was, he was the one that like ended up having like the unexpected face-to-face meeting with Elizabeth where he basically just got to like critique her to her face and then uh you know basically he had no proof that this meeting ever happened but uh you know eventually some of his suggestions were were taken into account and implemented i i i think there's definitely a a series there yeah i mean i would i i would say winston's uh secretary who got run over (laughs) by a car just her life before the car yeah she was in at least two episodes we're 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 going with just like single single episode appearances okay yeah um all right i'll need to i need to circle back on that one i need to think about it i've got another one okay who john f kennedy (laughs) (laughs) you'll never make a series about that guy you're right i've got i've got another one neil armstrong (laughs) wow Let's see what else we got here. Oh, uh, we don't have did, much. There's not much, but one thing I did want to talk about was I learned in this episode that Prince Philip is the last person I would ever want to give a speech at my birthday, especially oh. if he was my parent. <laughs> not what I want to hear at my birthday. <laughs> Quite a scene, but but also like some uh, a, a much needed like uplifting moment in the episode. Yeah, although he didn't really talk about Edward much. It was pretty much like, I didn't want more kids. Then I got convinced <laughs> to have two more, and you were one of them. That that was the best part. The fact that like Edward himself was such an afterthought in that speech. I loved it. It is really Philip. It's very classic Philip. I know. Like when that speech is so backhanded at so many different people at that table. He's like, Charles and Anne didn't really want you. Here you are. <laughs> Honestly, that 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 scene might have been the moment where I I may have decided that I actually like the Tobias Menzies portrayal more than Matt Smith's. To to me, Ooh, they were interesting. relatively like on par with one another, but something about that scene kind of uh, yeah put Tobias over the edge a little bit. Yeah, he he was very charming. Like I I really did. It was really nice. Although I'm just imagining an Edward point of view episode where like that kicks off like a an existential crisis for him. Is like hearing his, you know, like he's having a bad, t- everyone's having a bad time in this room. Actually, was anyone having a good time? The great thing about the great thing about the show right now is they, they don't seem to have any interest in showing anything through Andrew or Edward's perspectives. I know. I it, it, We say, I don't know if Edward's done anything bad, but sorry, Edward. I know. I, I wonder if that's coming in season five. I, yeah, I, I don't think so. Anything? Because. 
I mean, because Anne has also kind of faded in the background, but even when there was a moment to shine the spotlight on her last season, it was pretty brief. There was like some of the Andrew Parker Bowl stuff, but I think uh, with the exception of Margaret, like if you're not in the line of succession, like you ain't shit. Do we think that uh, Anne is Anne and Margaret are going through similar things as kind of like second? Second children. Especially second children where the first child really shouldn't have the crown or didn't want the crown in some way. I feel like that must give you a complex. Also, what happened to Martin? Martin is like, I feel like Martin used to be like the cool one, you know, like Tommy Lassels was like, oh, this is the way it must be. And Martin was like, well, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bite a little bit. And now Martin is just so annoying. <laughs> Well, well, it's it's funny that you bring that up because during that scene where Martin was uh, giving Margaret the bad news, I actually like thought kind of out loud like, oh, if it were Tommy's job to lay down the hammer here, this conversation would be going so much more differently. Like he would just he wouldn't be nervous and, and kind of like, you know, finicky about it. He would just be like, OK, Margaret, listen, these are the rules. Now go fuck off. <laughs> But again, it's not like an old rule. The rule is from 1937. <laughs> like they just made this rule in like the grand scheme of things. Tommy was Tommy was probably part of like drafting the. Yeah. Could you imagine him just being like, "Oh fuck, Margaret." <laughs> I made this. Rule. I mean, that, have more that's, basi- that's basically what he did. Like, remember the flashback when a li- like little Elizabeth went to Tommy Lassels and asked, like, hey, is there any way like, you know, we can kind of mix things up here a little bit? And he he basically told her off. And then I think also Margaret. Well, yeah. yeah. Who made this rule? Like, is this like a parliament rule or is this just like a like, is this written in like the law? Who would make this law? Like, who cares how many people are deputizing? Well, I mean, Tommy, I think, was part of the fold even back in the the mid to late 30s, because I think that's around the time that that flashback scene took place where we saw him talking to like little Elizabeth and Margaret. So, yeah, he was he was probably there at the you know drafting of the legislation or the amendment or whatever it was that led to this rule being adopted. Um, OK, so at the end of the episode, Margaret is basically like my family is trash, but when Dazzle is like, you can leave, you can choose to not be a part of this family anymore. She just can't do it. I think, I feel like we've kind of seen this before from Margaret. And I feel like we've also, it feels like we might've seen this from other members of the family as well, where it's always a question of like, well, you could leave. Oh, but it's my whole identity. So I can't, um, it's hard to feel bad for her. It like, you feel bad for her, but also it's like, it's hard to feel bad for her. It's, it's, I, I have, uh, I have a hard time kind of like grappling with that in my head. Yeah, it's some complex psychology. Can you can you just imagine like being in your, I don't know, mid to late 50s? I, I don't know how old she is. And having your chief complaint in life be that you don't get to work enough. It It does not feel very relatable. I guess I understand the feeling of like directionlessness and not feeling like you have a purpose in life. Find some but hobbies. Yeah, I know. She she could find some hobbies, including um getting her cousins out of an institution. Yeah, Th- that's the thing. She doesn't actually do anything. Like, if Elizabeth didn't have her day job right now, she- she'd be off at the stables. She'd be, like, breeding and racing horses. And meanwhile, Margaret dances along to, like, some Bowie songs here and there. But aside from that, like, she has no interest or passions. I want to know what she actually did, like... If she, how she chose whatever charities, because they had mentioned, like, Elizabeth was like, you can focus on your charities. 
and recovering from your lung surgery, which that's also a valid thing to do. Wait, can't she just get a job being a spokeswoman for Marlboro or something? Is she? I mean, that's a joke. But I don't know. If, is she allowed to get a job? Are you allowed to get a job when you're royal? I mean, if she if she goes like the Harry and Meghan route and just sort of oh, exits yeah. as exits the circles and just finds a a job, except you know she can work for the tobacco companies instead of <laughs> Spotify or whatever the hell Harry and Meghan are doing. Oh I uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is not a unique story for the Crown. Like we saw the the Queen Mother episode where she basically grapples with the same thing. We saw the mm-hmm. Philip episode last season where he's also kind of lost and he doesn't really know what he's doing as he gets older. It's so interesting that all of these members of the royal family are going through what is essentially a similar thing, but they will never talk to each other. They will never together be like, this oh, is how I'm feeling. <laughs> like, how did oh. you deal with this? What, what is your advice? Like, what do oh, you think no. about this? They'll never know that they're all feeling this way because they just don't talk about things. And it's like, inevitably, that's going to keep happening. Like, at some point, this is going to be Anne and Edward and Andrew, I guess. Like, every generation is going to have to deal with all these, like, spares <laughs> having to find a meaning in their lives. Except for except for Harry. He's fine. He apparently figured it out. I mean, Andrew seems like he's the only one that, that that's happy doing what he's doing right now. Because, like, uh, Charles didn't really take to the Navy. And then, you know, I don't even know what Anne does. But, like... Andrew is like, oh, yeah, I fly helicopters like it's 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 dope as fuck. I'm having a good time. Um, underrated moment. Charles and uh, Margaret bonding about plants. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was really weirdly heartwarming that he like saw a plant and was like, oh, you're whatever that plant was. <laughs> yeah. Consistent. man. OK, I guess I take back what I said, said a second ago, like Charles likes his plants like that. That that's his calling in life. I don't like that they haven't talked about him being like a really obnoxious. Isn't he like a weird vegan or something? Like, why hasn't he talked about that? Well, well oh, speaking of Charles's eating habits, once again, he is coerced into a lunch that he probably oh, wants nothing to do with. How could he be a weird vegan if he needs a poached egg on top of everything? Oh, maybe he's a vegetarian then. I don't know. <laughs> There's like some antithetical. <laughs> he just has weird little quirks that I think are funny. Him and his plants, yeah. And therapy. Plants and therapy. Quite quite a hippie over here. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, why haven't we seen any of Charles's therapy? Because I'm sure that it's fascinating. Can you imagine being his therapist where like you can't tell him like, hey, maybe your life would improve <laughs> if you stopped ruining your marriage? Among other you things. Tell him that. Yeah. So what would you do? I don't know. Yeah, like the fact that Margaret like goes to the therapist, but she still needs to be in power. She's like, excuse me, call me ma'am. Like, you know who I am. <laughs> don't you tell me something I don't want to hear. That's why you need someone who was a member of the royal family to leave and then become a therapist. You wouldn't be able to go to them, but I feel like they would bend the rules for that. Be like, okay, I I feel nothing for you. Let's go. Interesting. Or you need to bring in like an Australian, like someone Ooh, who- that would work too. That's a better idea. Yeah. Can someone who really doesn't like, care. Yeah, an Australian, an American, yeah. just someone who just like makes fun of the royals. Like, what would we do? Be great. Um. Okay. This was a pretty straightforward episode. Anything that we missed here with regard to the crown- the hereditary principle. The, the, it was it was very beautifully shot. There were some really nice like pool shots that I always like. Those are fun. I had a quick question. Uh, the the like 
split second flashback that we got of Roddy in the pool where she, uh, you know, looks at the pool and remembers all the good times. Was that original footage or was that from the previous episode that he was in? I don't know. Because we don't, I don't think we ever actually saw him in the pool then, did we? But he did have that bathing suit. We, We saw, we saw the scene where they're buying the bathing suit, but was that it? I don't remember. So did they bring this actor back for literally one second? Maybe not even that much? They seem to do that, actually. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at that. Uh, I mean, who who knew that they were such avid uh, readers of Darwin? But I guess I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We're, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. We really are. Yeah, Let's move on let's... to the Kinky Crown Award. Let's talk All about right. some Kinky Crown nominees. Oof. Harlan, there's, you wanna, there's you a lot of straightforward ones though i guess yeah. i really like the line of um i'm all ears and eyes and lips as as dazzle is just pulling away that's a good one i think yeah the only all the only one that i had was dazzle too because i felt like that was the oh, there's another. okay i have another one, one. If we have... i've got one okay what is, what do you have uh, mine was during Philip's speech when yeah. uh, when he re- you know referred to uh, you know Andrew and Edward being born out of uh, pleasure and then corrects himself to joy. Oh yeah, that was funny. I like Wait, that one. Uh, Ivan, he mentioned that uh, it happened on the royal yacht. Was this the royal yacht that you also visited? I actually sat down on the bed. <laughs> nice. No, I'm kidding. I don't know what they let you do. De- definitely not that. But was it the? Do you know if it was the same royal yacht or or no? It was a different royal yacht. Uh good question. I mean, it it probably would have been because yeah, this was still I think the 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 heyday of uh, Britannia being in service. Wow. So you were at the scene of the crime. Uh at the scene of the joy. At the scene of the joy. Yes. Um. Okay, Carlin. You said you had something else. Well, there was just a kind of fun throwback to a different kinky crown moment about Roddy and his nimble fingers, like like Margaret said it again. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, that's a good one. So yeah, he but, came back. but that 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 just feels like an echo of a previous winner. Yeah, so but so it was their honorable mention to Did Roddy. that win? He came I for- back. I, we've done so many of these. I forget if the nimble fingers won. <laughs> I don't know who won. <laughs> we've done too many of these. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have to just give it to uh, my vote has to go to Dazzle. Oh. I was gonna give my vote to um, having kids out of joy, and I will, I will, I will keep my vote with my nomination. So, wow, out of out of pleasure. Okay, well, congrats, Philip. I feel like it's been a while since he's gotten in the kinky crown <laughs> win column. <laughs> he was all over it the first Even few seasons. Even in middle age, he can pull it yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like he got all of them early on, but it's been a minute. Okay, good for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, anything else that we missed here on? The Crown, season four, episode seven. I said middle age, but he's probably at a more advanced age at this point, right? Well, are they in their sixties, maybe? Early sixties? Um, Must be. I don't yeah. know. Oh, he's older than her, though. You're right. Um, yeah, he's somewhere in his sixties. We never got like what year it was. I guess we could figure it out if we if we looked up Edward's we're birthday. Probably, but we're we probably won't. like mid eighties <laughs> at this point, right? Oh, just figure out um a year before Harry was born. Again, not looking that up. <laughs> it was mentioned that she was pregnant with Harry. It was mentioned, right. Okay. The, too much research. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So next week, we will be diving into The Crown Season 4, Episode 8, which is entitled 48 to 1. As many nations condemn apartheid in South Africa, 
Tensions mount between Thatcher and Elizabeth over their clashing opinions on applying sanctions. Uh, I feel like just at looking at that episode description, we might have a little bit more to talk about next week. Oh, my God. Yeah. So one would hope. Yeah, one would hope. Um, And it's been a couple episodes since we got like some some Thatcher content. So good times. Yeah, good times. Um, Okay, so with that, actually, has it been a couple episodes? I guess it's been two episodes, but it feels like it's been a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so with that, Ivan, if people want to catch up with you on The Crown, The Royal Family, uh, where can they do that? Uh, Crown Around Pod. Perfect. Uh, Carlin, what about you? Um, Twitter, at Carlin Greenwald. Instagram, at Carlin underscore G-E-E. All right, and I'm on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. But as Ivan said, the best place to reach all of us, if you have any thoughts or comments about The Crown um, or about any other content, is on Twitter, at Crown Around Pod. As we keep moving forward, we're getting closer and closer to new Crown episodes. We're going to catch up. We're going to get around to season five which I think now has a premiere date of November 9th. A matter of weeks. A matter mm-hmm. of weeks. So we had sort of been thinking that we were going to hit this around Thanksgiving, but now it feels like we can just kind of seamlessly roll from season four into season five. So very excited about that. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We, we've we got, I think, some very scintillating last couple of episodes of season four. Okay, to discuss. okay. And you're right, you're right. My, I, my attention is on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, fair enough. Um. All right, so... Uh, in the meantime, that's really it. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. And God save the queen. God, God save, save the, the queen. queen.